Something is bubbling among women today. Women crave honest stories that entertain, motivate, and move them. Women want reinforcement that they are not alone in feeling the way that they do and that they can feel good about their prospects. Stories and Strategies for Women podcast will share riveting stories about amazing women. I'm your host, Claudine Walk. A good story well told is powerful. A good story can motivate. A good story can inspire action. Welcome to Stories and Strategies for Women. I'm your host, Claudine Walk. In this episode, my colleague Kate Breton and I answer questions about the writing process and book marketing ideas. If you have ever considered writing, you will love this Q&A session where we share other authors' questions. More information in the class that we chat about, Sit and Write, is in the show notes. You can find out more about Kate and my services, as well as the Sit and Write class we talk about, by going to Kate's website, katebrenton.com, and look for the tab for Sit and Write. You're here with Kate Brenton and Claudine Wolk. We are the co-creators of Sit and Write. It's where the spiritual and analytical sides of writing come together to help first-time authors get their idea from inspiration into form. Our second cohort is open this February. You can still sign up for classes at katebrenton.com. You'll see on the top link says Sit and Write Master Course. We begin on February 18th. If you have any questions, you can email me, kate at katebrenton.com. Com, or you could even ask Claudine if you have a book marketing question and you can reach her at her Substack. So Kate and I just recently put out a question and answer session for any questions about writing or book marketing that anyone would have. And there were so many questions that we got that we thought would be helpful to our broader audiences, both in our podcasts and also in uh, the Substack Get Your Book Seen and Sold podcast. So we decided to answer a few of your questions on writing and marketing, and you can listen to it at your leisure. So I'm going to start with Kate's question. So the first one of the questions that we had was, and I'll put this to Kate, What if I have more than one idea to write? It's such a popular question. My first response is congratulations. I'm glad that you have opened up the door to creativity. So you have all these ideas, but just like you can't cook two dinners at the same time, you can't write two books at the same time. So what you want to do and what we do when our work with Sit and Write is get you from what is your inspiration to what is your intention. So you pick one idea and just like anything else, when you when you zero in, it's almost like when you decide to take something out. You want the thing that you've taken out. So you're going to work on a singular idea in your book, and you're going to open a secondary Google document. And so when you sit down and you write all the other ideas that come out, you're going to have like a, like a warehouse for them. And you're going to pull the content in there, and you don't have to shut the door on that creativity, but you are going to harness the discipline to get that one inspiration to completion. Because if we don't focus on one thing, then we have 10 books that we would love to write with zero completed. And and that's no good for creativity because when you complete something, you have the confidence boost of having that idea go into form and then go out to your readers or get that story out into the world. And then it makes space for the next one. So before you ask me my question, Kate, on book marketing, I just wanted to ask you Mm -hmm. with what you just said, how it relates to the sit and write masterclass, which does run for three months, but you would help somebody in that situation who have who has more than one idea in a sit and write masterclass situation. 
Yeah, actually, it's a great question because sometimes it comes in as um, people will say, oh, I can't write because I, I have this other idea or I think I want to change. In fact, one of our authors just in because we're ending the first cohort, she just said um, she changed. She kept her inspiration and she changed her scaffolding, how she's going to structure. And since it's not out in the world yet, I don't want to say what it is, but she changed her format and she said, you know what I realized? I came right back to my original intention. My intention was to write something and she had tonality that she knew that she wanted. And she, not personal, but very um, common, doubted herself. She leaned away from what she wanted to do into the external, what would be more marketable, what would what would make more sense. And then we go, we help authors through that process. Like as soon as you decide on something, the doubt comes and every reason why that's not the right idea is going to show itself. And it's like a video game. You got to kind of like shuck and jive yourself past all of your doubt, holding tight to your intention. And the authors have just said to both of us, you know, Claudia and myself, that they don't know if they would have reached completion without the container. Because in Sit and Write, you and I both focus on helping ask the good questions to bring the writer back to themselves, bring them back to themselves with their query, with their audience. I'll let you speak to that. But that is really how both the book marketing and the inspiration and the writing work in tandem, because we kind of ask the questions to get the writer honed in on their own initial inspiration that comes from within. And that's what's going to see you through. It's not going to be the, the the bells and whistles of the outside world, which will follow you once your book is completed. That's that's the trick. You think you have to get the world to agree with you first, but you really just got to do what what your heart is calling you to do, and then the world will follow you. Yeah, you've just had a little um, glimpse at how the spiritual and the analytical work together, Kate obviously being the spiritual and helping you along, uh, and, and me being more the analytical. So why don't you ask my question, Kate, and then... I. I can't wait. Okay, Claudine, um, I just finished my book and I need ideas for getting reviews and for marketing. I feel lost and I don't know what to do. How can you help me? Yeah, you know, book marketing is such an enormous subject and it's very intimidating to writers, especially because their art is doing the actual writing. Mm -hmm. So when they find out sometimes, you know, kind of late in the game from a publisher perhaps, or maybe just by doing their own research, that they are responsible for doing book marketing, regardless of whether they have a traditional publishing contract or a or they've decided to self-publish. It's kind of a shock. So I like to say, you know, kind of what book marketing is. And it's basically any task that you do that's going to help promote you or promote your book. And again, huge subject. But under that umbrella of book marketing mm -hmm. comes reviews. And reviews are very important. You can either get a review from um, someone you know who's going to post a review on Amazon, for example, or you can you can put your feelers out there for reviews to folks in the book industry. And what that looks like is, you know, kind of putting a list together of what we call long lead reviewers in the industry, which are folks like, and you might have heard these or read them when you've read your favorite book and you look on the back and you see these great endorsements for the book and it says Kirkus Reviews or Forward or Book Page. Those are book industry reviewers. And you have to send your galley, you know, your pre-book 
or your book to those book industry reviewers almost four to five months in advance of your publishing. So in order to reach them, that is what they require because they want to have somebody read your book, which could take a while, write a review and post that review when your book actually comes out and is available for sales. So the time to think about reviews, whether it's colleagues, whether it's you know your friends or family, or whether it's folks in the book industry or media, didn't talk about media yet, but we could go on and on, you know, magazines and, you know, People Magazine does a book review page and your favorite magazine does a book review page. Newspapers do book review pages. You want to send to those folks before publication. Some of them you can send after to, but it, but it, for the book industry review folks, you do need to send them in advance. So it's a very important part of marketing. It gets buzz going about your book. Uh, it, it also helps you on social media channels, um, which is getting in the weeds a little bit. But yes, very important. So that's really how you start thinking about it as you're writing your book reviews. And then look into those long lead industry reviewers, look into media reviewers, and then start reaching out to friends. And and basically, you want to tell them when you want them to post that review. I'm going to ask, this is another question that we had in our, our question and answer. Some people might be listening to this and think, well, I'm going to get a traditional publisher, so I'm not going to have to worry about that. Yes. Is that true that if you get a traditional publisher, you don't have to worry about book marketing? And what is the difference between traditional and self-publishing? Yeah, I t- I'll tell you what, in terms of book marketing, not much. Because these days, the traditional publisher only has a certain budget. And if a traditional publisher is going to take on all of the costs of actually producing and distributing your book, so that when it comes to promoting your book, there's not a lot of money left for that. And that really that doesn't seem very fair, though. No, well, they, they save their their advertising and publicity dollars for the folks who are famous, who they know are going to sell books, you know. Um, and so it, they really do expect that the um, author do a lot of their own book marketing, which is why it's nice as an author to feel a little more control in the process by learning a bit about book marketing, you know, the difference without getting overwhelmed, the different things that you can do to promote your book, and then partner with your traditional publisher and say, hey, here's what I'm doing and when, or here's what publicity I did that already hit. And could you promote it for me? So there's more of a, you know, symbiotic uh, relationship there. Uh, but then if you're self-publishing, of course, you're doing everything for your book, including um, book marketing. And again, it's really important to think about what you're going to do to promote your book, especially if um, you want that book to you, you know, make a lot of money if it's part of your goals. And that's something that you and I talk about, too. Really, the first step is deciding what your goal is. You know, do you want to see this book on the bookshelf shelf of every bookstore and on Amazon or in every bookstore and every library? Or do you want to, you know, have it uh, printed out because you're a professional and you would like to have a book, you know, for your speaking gigs or for your online classes? Or do you just kind of want to ha- you know, hand out books to friends? So that's really the first step. But yes, if you as an author start to think about book marketing 
as you're writing your book, you are going to be far and away um, ahead of the game. I saw that really helpful for the writers in Sit and Write who thought they weren't ready for that. And they would say, I, I had my call with Claudine. And it's it's like moving from this heart space of I hope to giving it like the 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 protection and the um, formative, like the form that actually comes to fruition. And I feel like one thing that you do really well is there's always a solution with you. So if you have $10,000 for, not that you're doing it for people, let's be really clear, we're educators, right? We're, we're helping you people move through. But if you have $1,000 or $10,000, there is something you can do, right? There's always something you can do. Yes. And I think that's part of the help that you bring to people and you have a book coming out and you have work and you have a Substack, so that I know it's great to think somebody is going to do it for you, but that ends up never being the case. Whether you're buying a car, advocating for your health, writing a book, the more you assume the confidence of the pathway, the more people respond to you. That's what I've learned watching you help me and help the writers in, um, in Sit and Write. Absolutely. And I did an interview with John Kramer, who is the author of 1001 Ways to Market Your Books, books plural. And um, he made the point that whenever he publishes a book, he gives that book three years of promotion. So even though I mentioned promoting the book, you know, in advance, um, that's one part of a book marketing plan. But Continuing to gather reviews is another part of your book marketing plan, and it's very important. And to, to be able to support in other promotional ways as well um, for, for three years' time, you know, to give your book the best chance to be seen and sold is really important. And he, he told a couple stories in the podcast episode about how authors who had books out for years somehow got renewed uh, looks. You know, someone, uh, one of the the gals had written a, a yoga book, and she was um, she was kind of pushed out by uh, Victoria Principal, who the audience probably doesn't even know who I'm talking about. But but she was like the first, you know, I'm trying to think of a, a current fitness guru, guru female. Yeah. But she was kind of the first. You know what I'm saying? She was like the first <laughs> out there in the 80s, and so this woman's um, book got eclipsed. And so, uh, but a couple years later, somebody loved her book you know, and hired her and said, listen, I need you to come talk to my group. And she just took off. And then, you know, the publisher took another look, and she got a renewed contract. So you really, you never stop promoting your book. And and could you say that you could also get an audiobook deal way after the fact of <laughs> publishing your book? Would you know anything about yes, that? As a matter of fact, you can. How about that? Yes. So my first book was written in uh, 2009 with HarperCollins. Was actually Amicom, and then was purchased by HarperCollins. And um, here we are in 2022, and they just released the audiobook. But of course, you know, audiobooks weren't around when I first published. And then, you know, I just kind of thought, oh, I, I started taking my own advice and saying, get back in touch with your publisher, you know, suggest this, tell them what you're willing to do to support it, and then um, see what happens. And, and you never know until you ask. You don't. It's, this is not my metaphor, but um, this is how I feel like get learning from you about book marketing is, is if your car, if you're sitting in your car, and your car's not working, no one's coming. You get <laughs> out of your car and you start pushing. Yeah. Help comes. Yes. And I feel like that's mm. what authors need to do. If you are educated and you just start the push, you would be surprised at what will open up for you by just putting forth a little bit of, of you know, 
aligned effort. Right. And we know it's scary. Like we know it's scary scary. to be bombarded with every possible. I mean, I said a thousand and one. I mean, I, I, you know, I just made the biggest mistake. I said a thousand and one ways and that could panic people. But the point is dip your foot in. Like Kate said, start pushing, just dip your foot in, try a couple of things and then you'll see, you know, you'll get back what, what hit, what didn't hit. What am I having fun with? What am I enjoying? Where am I getting, you know, the most likes and then, you know, go from there. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. Kate. So the next writing question is, how do I develop the story I want to write? This all comes back to the same thing with book marketing. It's the having an intention. So I tell writers, you have your writer's intention. You know, a lot of people want, had an experience or they have wisdom that they want to share. And so that's how they're feeling called forth to write. But then the book that you're writing has to be pared down from that. So for example, the one of the I'm thinking of the person who changed their position on they always wanted to write about parenting. And they didn't want to just be another parenting book. And so she decided to really hold to the idea that she wanted to just uplift parents. She said, I just want parents to feel that they are doing a good job. And that might not seem like a big deal to be that clear on what you want to, like the tonality you want your book to receive, but it helps you understand the arc. It helps you understand what to keep out. You have to have some sort of coherence driving it through. Now, Sit and Write is not going to develop your specificity of writing style and craft. But what we do do is help hone your voice and your coherence. So say you have like 10 ideas and they're all splattered out. We can take your intention and start looking, how do we modulate this for the reader? I mean, you're thinking of yourself as a writer, but you're really create, if you honor your intention, then what you create is really goes off in the hands of the reader. So you have to have some sort of space between yourself and what you write and I find that writers who have a clear intention kind of have the confidence to know that they're staying on track. Like, this is what I want my, this is this is what I'm being called to do. And then you can play, like when I give feedback, I tell writers it's two different places. There's content and structure. So you might have fabulous content, but it's too long or you need to trim stuff up. So that's structure. And a lot of times, if you aren't clear on why you're writing or who you're writing to, any kind of feedback feels very wobbly because it feels like it's personal. So you have to create some space between what you're feeling called to do and how you go back into that idea of completion. So to to be able to craft your story, you have to pick one. <laughs> you have to have an intention. And then we also help our writers get like a writing agenda because as you move through the writing process, which is something that's really neat to watch in the container we have for sit and write is some of the writers are out the gate writing and some are slow and then some are slow and then the ones that were out the gate slow down and now they can watch it. everybody went through that peak and valley process the creative process is not a turn on the light switch and you just blow through i mean it does happen for some people sometimes but especially if it's the first time of you meeting yourself and going from i have a thousand ideas to oh i need to write like 120 pages it's very easy to be in the idea of what you will write someday. So the crafting really comes into discipline and um, working with getting clear on your intentions so that you can start to meet the friction of avoidance and get some get some of the feedback of what works for readers because it's a pretty isolating experience writing. It's you and a page, you know? And what we don't do in Sit and Write is have a bunch of people pick apart your work. Claudine and I have both been in writing groups and it's like, Nobody has time for that. It's enough right now in this world to want to create something beautiful and offer it to the world. 
that we spend most first half of the class, really nobody's sharing work with peers. They're sharing it with Claudine. They're sharing it with myself. And then once you're formidable and you're really like, no, I, I, we had some authors like, no, no, I really want somebody to rip this apart. Like I really want, before this goes off, we had people sending their query letters off. Then it's a different container because you're, you have a group of people that you trust that you've met and you've been around. And they're like your, your sisters or your family supporting you before you send your baby off to a stranger. And that's really what we did in this community is create some a space where we we push people in the ways of the confidence of what they're wanting to to style. And I and I think that's where the writer voice comes out is when you when you commit. And we've heard that from our writers too, that it was committing to the container that made them realize like, oh, I have no place to hide now. And that connects to your writing voice. It's very easy to write for five minutes and never pull it into completion until you make the commitment to yourself. And that's when your style and your craft really comes out. Because the masterclass does run, the sit and write masterclass runs for three months. And is that why is that it runs three months so that people have time? Yeah, because I think it's really easy on the initiatory stage to get really excited. It's like, Anytime we are in January or at your birthday, you're really convinced this is going to be different. And, you know, they make the joke about writers like you go out and you get the new notebook. And I always get the notebook. Like I always I'm old school need style notebook. I write on a computer, but all my ideas are in the notebook. But you have to be prepared for the resistance that's going to come from your decision. Yep. Yep. And it yep. happens in every major decision. So with writing too. I kind of uh, connect it to a, to the yoga class that I just joined because I can do yoga at home, but I'm not gonna do yoga at home. And I <laughs> exactly. need to be kind of in the situation where I go, there's a class, there's a teacher, and I ha- have nothing else to do except do it. Yeah, you, you have nowhere to run. And it's and it's something that it, the funny thing is, is yoga and writing are things we enjoy. So we don't think we would run away from it. But what we meet is this phenomena of like, well, I didn't really do it. So it's like, it's this really subtle self-sabotage. And I'm watching the, our writers now, which was really delightful to have them be like, there's a pride in going through the process. Like, they're like, I'm going to do this now. Like, they're all in different places. Some are further along than others, but everyone is emerging like, okay, this cohort is ending. And yes, we have, you know, we care about our writers. So we have a little surprise that happens at the end to make sure that you like make your way through because it's easy to bait a writer into like a a very short process and tell them that they're going to get going but it's in the middle that you'll that you'll stop yes when nobody else is around and i think that that's the place that makes it right different is that we're prepared for that and when they tell us that we're stopped not nobody's shocked and we just say yeah and then you're not going to be stopped that's what's going to happen yep it's expected it's mm-hmm. so exciting. Okay. Um, why don't you ask me my last question? And then I have another question for you. Okay. I jumped around our questions and I cobbled them together. So I am a, tr- if, if I need a traditional publisher and I'm poor and I can't self-publish, what do I do? That was a question we got. It, it was. And I, I think it's an important question because it, uh, the truth is it, you can a traditional pu- publisher is going to expect you to have some skin in the game, and that means to put th- put in some money to promote your book. It doesn't have to be thousands of dollars. You don't have to hire a publicity firm for twenty grand, but they are going to expect you to um, put some money in and promote your book. And the, the the truth is, if you can't express that to them 
in the onset of your pitching your book, then they're not going to take you on anyway as a client. What do you, what do you mean by that? Because I think you're making a really huge point that right? people kind of don't. Yeah. So hear. don't. And I yeah. the, way, the reason I got very cringed cringy is because. If you said if you said to a new publisher, perhaps, you know, I, I just can't, you know, I'm so glad you're doing this because I can't offer anything in terms of publicity or promotion, they would say, you know what, we can't do business. It's such an integral part of the publishing process, whether you traditionally publish or self-publish, that you you are going to have to spend some money to to promote. Um, that if you can't, if you honestly can't, it, it's not it's not even worth your time. I hate to say that bluntly. I actually had a publisher just tell me that they don't want to work with authors who are not clear. This is a small publisher Mm -hmm. that authors who are not clear on their participation, they don't want to sign them anymore. It is that um, obvious to the publisher. You know, maybe that's how traditional publishing used to work where, you know, and I I watched the, the sitcom Younger which, you know, the, the lead character worked for a publishing company. And in the early years, it was, it was yeah, you know, you, you sign an author, they have a great book, you know, you pulled their book out of the slush pile and, it, you know, became rich and famous and all the money went to them for promotion. It was fabulous. And, um, you know, later in the seasons, because I think it went like eight or nine seasons, it was what could the publisher, or I'm sorry, what could the author offer the publisher? Because that's just the way the industry changed. And there's really nothing you can do about it except, you know, play along and use your skills and talents. And once you get over that hump of it's overwhelming and you get involved, it actually can be a lot of fun. It can be a lot of fun. It can, it, it can also bring you a sense of control and peace. Um, the other side of it is when you go to the grocery store and you look at the magazine shelf, you'll be like, Oh, my God, my book could be in here, my book could be in there, you know, that gets a little bit, you know, that it's okay. Um, you're you're thinking like a marketer. And that's a good thing. Because no, what, no matter what endeavor you have, you're going to have to market what you're selling, period. And in your case, book author, your book is being written because you have something to say that people already want to hear. So your goal in marketing is simply finding where those people who need to hear your message or need to hear your story or who will be entertained by your story, where they are, so you can simply introduce them to your book. That's the key. And how, how fulfilling it's going to be when, when you do make that connection and when you start to get responses from uh, writer, or I'm sorry, from readers who are saying, your book helped me so much, your book made a difference in my life. Uh, you know, I went in another direction, and it really paid off for me because I read your book. So that's the that's the benefit. That's the that's the carrot. So so don't give up on book marketing, and hopefully through uh, sit and write, if you decide to take the the class or with um, get your book seen and sold, the Substack, uh, my Substack newsletter. You'll you'll get a little more familiar and exposed to these things, and it won't be so scary. That's what I was going to say. If you're listening to this and you're like, you, you go into like a freeze mode, you know, and I've known that I did that myself. I feel like the way that you teach and the way that you write, it's like, don't go into figuring it out. Just go and being curious. Yeah. Just go into Claudine Substack. 
just read a little bit. Then she has these podcasts. I'm really saying this for the author I, I because I, that's how I learned. And I know it works because my publisher ended up asking me, how did you figure this all out? And I'm like, it was Claudine. You should buy her book, Seen and Sold. I don't have any problem saying where my sources are because we can all help each other. So if it feels like a lot when you're listening to this, don't don't take your first step from having to be a perfectionist or have even knowing just go click and read one thing. Just take like, like, that's what I did. I did real one. I'm like, okay, I don't understand this. I have to, you know, increase my lexicon and understand what she's talking about. And I just kept reading and rereading. And it just, it, it's like a little crumb trail. And those little pieces will get you ready for the bigger conversations. And that's why it's actually really important to start early, like Claudine is telling you to do. Because once you start to change your perception that you're like, okay, I think I'm starting to understand this. And knowing that somebody's always going to be ahead of you and someone's going to have a bigger budget and just like, let that go, you know, because you're doing right by your book. Then when the moment comes, it's not the first time you've thought of it and you're sort of ready. I think that's one of the mm. biggest parts of being an advocate and getting yourself saturated in the wisdom that you share, Claudine, because you really share it in a way of we can all do this in a way that's right for us. And I think that's the differential of working with you. I really do. I never felt that I should have had more or understood. It was more like, what do we have? What what do we want to do? And what are the actions that we can take? And I think that's true for anyone. But back to the question, if you're telling people out the gate, I have nothing to offer, then that is what you're going to get in return. And it's so sorry to say that, but maybe you should start with like, Substack is free. Right. You could start your own Substack. Start getting your platform out there. Start getting your words out there. See what people like. And that is a small step you could take as opposed to asking somebody else to really carry your book for you because no one, no one's carrying your book for you. Right. And you could be listening and you could be thinking, I didn't even know Substack existed. I didn't even know it was out there. And that's why, you know, you can email me. You can find me at ClaudineWalk.com send me a note through my contact page there and say, hey, listen, I'm interested in, in chatting. I offer a one hour chat where we can talk about book marketing, maybe even come up with a plan. But, you know, that's the first step. Having Knowing the breadth of what's possible and being pointed in the right direction is going to save you oodles of money uh, down the road. So if it's me or if it's Kate or if it's someone else that you connect with who understands the industry and can kind of tell you what are the most important things to hit and, and where do you start, do that and then you'll be on your way. So Exactly. And we wish you well. Yeah. Yes, totally. I mean, that's the whole idea because, listen, there are so many ways for you to easily, you know, quote, self-publish. And by that, I mean, you know, take your Word document, upload it in the proper format to Amazon, and there's your ebook. That's fantastic. Who knows it's there? Right. Guys, like who knows it's there? No one knows it's there. You, you have no to do the, these like easy, you know, few good marketing things, again, to give your book the best chance. And that's such a great feeling, right, Kate? Like with your book, really when is. your book came yeah, out, you're I, like, okay, when, tell us about launch day. You were like, okay. Okay, so launch day, I um, felt really good because I listened to some of the advice that Claudia and you, you go on our Substack and you see, I'm not going to get into all of the, you know, why I went on Goodreads and all these, like I did all of these things. And then 72 hours before the book launched, I advocated for myself with my publisher to change my, um, you know, you have, in case you don't know, because we've worked with authors who don't know that your book is like described, you know, self-help, motivation, cooking. And I um, advocated for my book to switch to New Thought because New Thought is a philosophy and a lot of those writers were at the turn of the century and some of them are referenced in the book. And here's where I'm talking about alignment. 
I thought, you know, I don't know how this, I'll just be honest. I didn't know how big this book was going to get, but I knew that I, at the end of the day, when I went to sleep, I wanted to feel right with where it was sitting in the world. And so I felt like that's the author table that I want to be at. Even if nobody else knows this feels right for me, it was totally an intuitive decision, but also based on watching um, someone, something came across my plate that a woman had just published. And I went and looked up her tags and I was like, oh, new thought, you know, fits. So that was the practical side of it. And I knew that that was important. And I knew that my book didn't have enough launch behind it, like big guns behind it, that it would get found in the same category as Oprah. Okay. So I, I advocated for myself and the book hit number one on new release day, but then it stayed there for three days. And let me just say that my publisher was like, I don't know how this happened. And I thought, Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a really big moment that she, that the the publisher was like, we need to. And I thought about how I listened to Claudine, how I listened to myself. And I did the steps that were really important to me. And the book is continuing to do well. And now my mindset has shifted because I was one of those people that thought this whole big thing happens on one day and that's the only day. And now I know it's like, this is the first level and this level is getting me to the next level. And then this year is going to be this. It has totally shifted how I feel about my book. And the book is getting, it's, it's catching waves and it's going out. And that's the way my first book needs to go. So I'm not sitting here regretting anything, which let me tell you, you don't want to be sitting regretting after you poured your heart to find the right adjective and punctuation to then find out that if you had just done this really simple thing that, by the way, advocating for my pub- my publisher cost me zero, nothing financially. But I'll tell you, I felt really strong when that thing came back that I, that I stood up for my book and myself. And that was a huge payoff, actually. Yes. yes. I'm going to give away a freebie here. But just what Kate's talking about is her keywords and categories that you pick to attach to your book when you upload them on Amazon um, or any other online book site. And so, you know, you're competing against other books in those categories, but there's a whole science to how you decide what those categories are. And because Kate did some research, I know I know a great, very reasonable tool where you can decide and figure out what your good keywords and categories are for your book. She was able to hit number one in Amazon. So from from now till evermore, she can say she had a number one uh, book selling uh, book on Amazon. Period. Uh, she can use that as an endorsement. She can use it in testimonials. She can use it in any pitch that she gives to anyone. Let's say she pitches a, a TV show, local TV show, who wants to talk about her podcast and and some of the folks on it to help other people to have rebirth in their life. Um, she can write that in her pitch to that person. I had a number one, my, my book is a number one selling book on Amazon. So that's just a, a really small example of what you can do to advocate for your own book. And and it doesn't really cost a lot of money. Yeah, you just have to show up. You just have to show up. So if you are interested, you know, in this conglomerate, like this, this collaborative resource of honoring the inspiration and the writer and also bringing that inspiration out into the world, we would love to have you and sit and write. And every writer gets a free uh, intake call with me. And so that's 30 minutes of, of let, hearing what your idea is. We schedule a Zoom because as much as we would love to have you, we want you to set up for probable success, 
And so we want to make sure that every author that comes in is in a good alignment for what you need. And it begins you advocating for yourself as a writer, like, this is the right container for me. This is where I'm going to thrive. These are people that I trust my my precious inspirations with. And so we start off with a free 30-minute call, and then we will be beginning with you in February. We'll start on February 18th. If you're interested, we still have, if you depending on when you hear this podcast, um, we have early bird pricing until February 4th, and you can go on to katebreton.com, click on the Sit and Write Masterclass right at the top, or if you are on Claudine's Substack, you'll see Sit and Write is there as well. I highly recommend um, getting on that resource immediately, even if you're contemplating writing a book. And Thank you for the um, the authors that came to us and gave us these questions so we could share them with you. And this um, question, if you reach out to Claudine, she'll tell you how this is an example of bringing your, this talk that we're doing right now was her idea to bring our content into a broader audience. So we're always looking at ways to share what we're doing ourselves with authors that are looking to increase the platform. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Kate, for doing this with me. I'm so excited. And and listeners, thank you for listening. Hope that you got some of your questions answered. And we'll do this again for sure. If you have questions, uh, I'm going to have all links in the show notes how you get a hold of Kate and I and you can send your questions and we'll see you next time. I hope this gets you motivated to write and to get your message out in the world. The world needs it. See you next time. You're listening to Stories and Strategies for Women podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave us a review. Visit me at my website, ClaudineWalk.com. Drop me a note on Instagram at ClaudineWalk. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time.